0: Welcome to the Soul Full Podcast. I'm your host, Audrey. This podcast is all about nourishing the mind, body, and soul. Whether it be personal growth, fuel, or movement, I'm here to support you as we are on this ever flowing journey together. Hello, and welcome back to part two of this episode on my journey with exercise, food, disordered eating, and body image or self-image as it's progressed. This is a bit of a Q&A. If you heard the first episode, it was kind of inspired based on some questions that I'd been um, receiving from some people in my Instagram uh, DMs. And so the question I was in the process of answering was asking what my routine looks like and what my food and exercise looked like. So the first part of the episode, I talked a lot about my journey with exercise and body image. And in this episode, I'll talk more about food disordered eating and uh, my sort of self image. And as I go through this, you'll notice I touch on a lot of topics, including, I guess, more specifics about my routine, as well as my journey with makeup as it connects to my self image and i'll walk you through a little bit of what my day might look like on a typical day i hope that you resonate with parts of this and that if you are on your own journey that it can help you towards healing if that's what you need at this time okay without further ado uh, i'm sending you all my love and let's get started okay hello i am back to record a second part of this episode i did actually make it back to the forest and i hope that throughout my recording you're able to hear the beautiful birds so back to what i was saying about kind of balance with my exercise so that was the first half of the question and the second half of the question um was that was what does your exercise routine and what does your food look like um food is a little bit of a really back and forth topic for me when i was younger and i pictured health i pictured the typical picture that you picture like bland health like from you know 10 years ago what we talked about health looking like which was like a plate with some like chopped up iceberg lettuce three little shredded carrots and one like sliced in half cherry tomato like basically a sad looking plate is what I pictured when I pictured healthy and I remember I went you know in high school and my family didn't really know that much about this either and I think that that's what the picture of health was in the media for a long time, um, and I think actually maybe that's a result that's you know one of the things that's influenced um, so much of an issue with disordered eating, along with obviously countless other things. Um, but really, I'm just thinking about it. Like when I went when I was in high school, I decided you know I wanted to eat healthy or whatever. And again, like I was saying earlier, a lot of my reasons for wanting to be healthy were related to, um, wanting to look a certain way. And, um, so I remember I asked my mom to pack me lunch for school. She packed me lunch every day, actually. Um, even through high school, actually. Um, not every day, I guess, but almost every day, actually. Um, I was always doing like extracurriculars and stuff after school until really late because, I was just lucky enough that my family had the opportunity to be able to pay for me to do these activities that I wanted to do. Um, but so I was very fortunate in that way. And obviously very fortunate to have the kindest mom on this planet. I love her so much, but anyways, so she would pack me this lunch and I would start asking her, can you make me a salad? And she would say, okay, so yeah, I want to have salads this week for lunch. So she would literally put like iceberg lettuce and like a few shredded cucumbers and like a few cut open cherry tomatoes, in like the size of a Tupperware that they pack like a sandwich, like a small, a square that's like not very deep. It's very thin, and then she would give me like a package of one of those like salad dressings that you rip open that are for like a bigger salad. And she would just like you can use some of this and then just like throw it out when you know when you don't need the rest of it. I actually never felt like I was someone who wanted a lot of salad dressing per se. Um, so of course, when I'm eating this at school, I'm like so hungry and unhappy. And like, this is, I guess, I'm, I know now that this is actually not normal and what healthy eating should look like, um, but it's what I thought it looked like for a long time. And then as I kind of went through university and high school, I there was this idea for sure of wanting to eat less so that my body would weigh less on a scale um which is so sad to think about now um from where I'm at to think about that that was ever really a thought or an idea that I had that I actually gave credibility and believed in but it's true that's that's genuinely what I thought and I think that's what a lot of my friends thought and a lot of people around me thought I think actually in this way social media has been so beneficial for so many people to realize actually what um is really healthy. I think on on the other hand, it does fuel like a lot of health is doing everything perfect all the time. Um but it's become so much more accessible to see what fluid health is like on the internet, and especially with all the accounts on body positivity and stuff and I follow also a few skin accounts. I at this age don't really have um, too much, um, going on with my skin. I'm pretty fortunate that at 26, my skin is pretty level and I don't really have too many large breakouts or anything like that. Um, but there's still something about just having exposed skin. We spent so long kind of covering up our skin with makeup, um, that I've realized, I think I might've talked about this in another episode. I don't remember or not. I know I've said that a few times, but it's because all my ideas, I guess, are so interconnected. But I've, you know, had this point of really accepting myself recently over the years. And um, one of them actually was when I moved to St. Lucia, actually, I was wearing makeup. And when I had been going into work, I'd been wearing makeup like I had been doing my makeup the same every day for, you know, how many years? Like probably six years, you know, I put on some some kind of powder foundation from MAC that I've been using since high school and some bronzer and a little bit of blush, the tiniest like thin line of liquid eyeliner and some mascara and curled my eyelashes and a bit of bronzer in the (laughs) crease of my um, eye as like a little bit of a warm eyeshadow to I guess warm up my face and I've been doing my makeup the same way for so long that actually when I was in St. Lucia and it was hot and it was sweaty and I would want to go to the beach after so I would like come home and wash up all my makeup even if I just went in for a few hours and eventually I just realized like I hate taking off my makeup which I always have really disliked I don't like the action of like having to rub my eyes and my eyelashes coming out and like getting it so hard to get all this gunk off my eyes like it shouldn't be like why am I putting all this dirt on my face just to have such a hard time taking it off um and if makeup is something that really empowers you please do not take this as me I guess targeting makeup in general this is just my personal experience with makeup and I guess now specifically removing makeup but I was sweating through it. I want to swim in the ocean. I don't want to get, I don't want to be having to take off this mascara every day. So I kind of slowly transitioned to like stop wearing mascara and eyeliner and I would just wear kind of some blush and some bronzer maybe. And then I eventually basically transitioned into really not wearing makeup. And I think another thing that really spurred this for me was I remember going to classes in university and if I had an 8am class and I didn't put on makeup on the way to class Um, I remember feeling so self-conscious like oh my gosh like worried about what I looked like without makeup and I realized that actually this is what I look like like the me without makeup is who I am and what I look like and actually I am pretty without makeup and I don't need to be wearing this and the more time that I've spent not wearing makeup the more confident I felt in my authentic self because actually I have realized that I am pretty and I have realized that I guess finding that other people still find me pretty without makeup um was shocking for me at first when I was younger like in university people my guy friends I remember would tell me like what you look the same because I would walk to class with one of my good guy friends if I said like, oh my God, I'm not wearing makeup today. And, um, now I've gone on a total side story. Sorry. But, um, I actually didn't, I don't know if I didn't believe them or if I just was like, do you not have eyes? Like (laughs) I just really did not understand. But, um, now I, I totally I totally do. Although I will say when I put on makeup after not wearing it for so long and like my eyelashes are like so long and luscious looking, I'm like, wow, this is cute. It's like a little, like an exciting change almost. And I feel kind of, I don't know glam I guess um which is kind of a fun feeling but on the day-to-day it's true that I just want to be my authentic self and my authentic self is looking exactly as I'm meant to look and I don't see anything wrong with putting on makeup but it's just increased my own personal confidence so much I found so anyways this I guess was all connecting to um being I guess more in touch with myself and uh As this relates back to food, I was, you know, going through this time in high school and university where you felt like you had to look a certain way and do a certain way and that involved eating certain things, or so we thought, and, you know, wearing makeup and wearing certain clothes and whatever it may be. Um, But when it goes back to eating, I still had this, like, restrictive mindset around eating and I always thought, like, to be happy and to be healthy and to be, like, this health oriented person, you had to follow like such a restricted lifestyle and diet. And um, the, the idea of, you know, having a diet without being on a diet, if that makes sense, didn't really seem to exist. Like, I didn't acknowledge the fact that like, whatever you eat is your diet. And we only really talked about diets in the sense of like, yeah, like, I'm not eating carbs, or I'm not, you know what I mean? Not eating whatever it was, like, you know, and I remember actually in university, people eating like a whole like oven microwavable or whatever pizza. And like, then they were like, oh, that's all my calories for the day. So that would be the only thing that they ate. And it was just like, so crazy of me to think back to that, but that's truly something that happened. And I know that in second year, I definitely experienced Um, some really restrictive thought patterns around food. I had wanted to be really slim. I had gained a bit of weight that summer. As I think I mentioned, there was this, in the summers when I would go home and I was all stressed out, I'd be like eating so many cheese and crackers. And because I was stressed, I think I was holding on to a lot of fluid. And I noticed that a lot about myself. When I feel happy and I feel totally whole and at peace, um, I have a way better relationship with food because my relationship with food can sometimes coexist with stress or a negative relationship with food I should say comes up for me sometimes when I'm stressed and they they do coexist they don't have to and I'm really working on that and I believe that everybody's working on their relationship with food or not everyone but a lot of people are and the fact that I'm even talking about it so much means I still have a lot of healing to do because it's obviously still relevant to me and I wouldn't say that I think about it all the time every day but really What a healthy relationship with food is, is actually when you don't think about it at all. And when it's just something that you're adding into your life and you don't stress about it, it's not a center point where you're spending any time or energy thinking or talking about it because it's just its own part of life and it it actually has nothing to do with you. You know, you, you make these choices every single day, but your is one choice doesn't influence, you know, your life, the way that we act like it does when we have restrictive patterns with eating. Um, so I know, I guess if I'm getting personal, when I was in second year, I know I went through a phase where, um, I challenged myself, I think in the spring of second year to only eat like a piece of, um, bread with peanut butter. And that was like my goal to just like eat that for the day. And like, if I could do that for like a few weeks, then I would probably lose so much weight or whatever. And I would be like, so skinny like I had wanted to be um sorry I guess I should have given a bit of a trigger warning there for you um if you've ever had any patterns like that in the past and I know something similar came up for me again um later I think when I was maybe 21 I want to say or 20 um and I was like eating like one really huge like salad per day basically and running and this didn't last very long like I think in second year it lasted maybe like a week or two maximum and in um when I was 20 or 21 it was maybe one week long maybe a week and a half not more than two weeks but still it just goes to show where my perspective on health was at that point and so now I've finally gotten to a point where um food is not a focal point in my life like that. And I don't feel stressed about it. And there was a point actually also where I was genuinely stressed about it. Like the, I reached a point at one point when I was at the lowest, lowest, lowest point um, was when I remember my mom was asking me to go to a restaurant and I had to tell her like the thought of eating at a restaurant is too stressful for me. And that actually is so heartbreaking because in that moment, I missed out on a special moment that I could have shared with my mom and a time where we were building our relationship together and like sharing food, which should be so special with one of my favorite people in the whole world. Um, So that's actually very hard, I guess, to think back about the fact that that happened. Um, but it's a reality and it, and it did. And obviously I've healed since then. And I think that only maybe came up still for me once or twice, but I recognize there are people every single day that are battling with that. And if that's you and you're listening to this, or you've had a past experience, um, with something like that, just please know, like I'm here for you and you're not the only person that's gone through this. I'm sure you know that. And I'm sure you've heard that before, but you can heal And it's important to prioritize your healing and whatever that means for you, whether it's going to a therapist, whether it's journaling, whatever you need is important. So please make this a priority for you because true health and true happiness is all about balance. So that's, I guess, a little bit about my past relationship with food and my history and I guess growth with myself. Um... And now food has become, yes, something that I don't think about. But at the same time, I still do enjoy it. Like in the morning, every day, I make a smoothie for myself. And usually my smoothie, I try to include as many vegetables as possible. I just hide them in there um, and hope that, I guess, you can't taste them. Although, to be honest, I have trained myself to love the taste of raw vegetables. When I first went vegan, I did experiment with that. Um when I was in university. And actually that was amazing for me because I had had this restrictive experience with eating. And when I went vegan, I actually learned to cook so much more and to use spices because before I was vegan, I found like I was using like meat and cheese really a lot of the time to flavor my food. And when I was vegan, that was the first time that I actually learned how to use spices. Um, So that actually was a good experience for me in the kitchen and when it came to making my own food. Um, But now with my smoothies in the morning, usually I try to hide lots of vegetables. So this morning, um, what did I have this morning? I had frozen cauliflower, frozen green peas. I would normally put spinach, but I think I've run out of spinach right now. Um, I also put frozen mango. I might've put in a few frozen blueberries. I can't remember the exact details, but basically I tried to... switch in sweeter things um, and a lot of vegetables and then I made it sort of a chocolatey one actually in the end Um, so those kind of flavors were pretty hidden like you can't really taste frozen cauliflower in a smoothie but it's great for adding fiber then I added in um, quite a bit of cacao powder I added in turmeric I added in a lot of cinnamon a little bit of cardamom which is a popular spice in Sweden but you definitely don't need that Um, I might have even added in some nutmeg just because I had it I don't remember. Um, sometimes I add in a tiny bit of vanilla extract, but I just find it actually doesn't add so much other than maybe in aroma. Um, I added in, I think, three dates. And then I added in coconut milk. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else that I added in. Oh, yeah, peanut butter. I had in peanut butter for sure. I think I might've put in even a little bit of the Organifi gold powder. It's like a chocolate, it's like a hot chocolate type drink, but it doesn't taste exactly like hot chocolate. You can taste that there's spice that it's made with some spices. I wouldn't say it's spicy at all, but, um, it has like a definitely a chocolatey flavor and it has a lot of adaptogens. If you've heard of those, um, which are mostly mushrooms, um, and it has like a little bit of a sweet flavor so that also adds to my kind of chocolatey flavor smoothie I also add in a banana if I have some usually even some beans sometimes that sounds a bit weird but I find if I throw in some black beans or some white beans or even chickpeas um, if I rinse them and it's not like I overload them I find that I don't taste them in my smoothie and actually that they just add a good amount of protein and fiber if i had a protein powder i would add it in but right now i don't have one um so that's kind of what i eat in the morning um in the afternoons at school sometimes i'll have like a fruit or something like that and i usually pack my own lunch my school does serve lunch every day and there are healthy options i just find that in that cafeteria where it's loud and stressful i find myself gravitating towards the like oily cheesy foods which are fun to have sometimes. And I don't believe in the concept of there being bad foods, but I know what my body needs and it's not that. So I find, I feel kind of lethargic after I eat that. So I usually make my own kind of vegetable salad type thing and take it to school. So today in my salad, I think I had quinoa, roasted broccoli, roasted cauliflower, um, some chopped up shallot, Um, I can't remember fried tomatoes or not. I also had some beans uh, and then I had some kind of uh, shrimp that I had like fried in a pan. And then I mixed it all together in this sauce that I made with olive oil, miso paste, a bit of tahini, Um, a little bit of soy sauce and some like sambal olek, which is like a spicy sauce they use a lot in Asian cuisine. And I'm obsessed with it actually. Um, And that salad dressing sounds so random, but it was so good. I would also recommend adding in rice uh, wine vinegar if you have it or rice vinegar. I think I have some, but I just forgot to put it in. Anyways, it was really excellent. I also might've added some cracked pepper. I can't remember. So that's kind of what I had today. And normally I would add spinach. And actually I meant to buy spinach at the store. My school is right over a um, grocery store. So I was going to just pop down, buy a small bag of spinach and add it in. But, um, I left my credit card at home. So I just had that, which was fine. Cause it still had, um, some veggies in it, but I haven't eaten greens now In actually a few days since it took me 36 hours to get back to Sweden from the Caribbean so um, I definitely need to prioritize eating some greens tonight not because I feel like I have to just because like genuinely I know that my digestion needs greens and um, when I was younger I have had issues before where I went to the hospital and the doctor was like yeah you need to eat more greens because your digestion is not working properly. So I know that that's a priority for me, and so I am very conscious of when I'm not eating it. And normally, I don't think about it because I do just eat it every day. But just right now, I guess I didn't have any when I came back from um, the Dominican, and I haven't gone to the grocery store yet really since then because I've just been using what's in my fridge. So tonight I'll probably go and I'll probably pick up some salmon. I love salmon. Um, and i've also been pescatarian for a while but right now i'm experimenting experimenting with eating a bit more meat just because i feel like my body actually does need it and actually does respond um well to it i just want to make sure that um i'm just adding in a bit and seeing how it goes i went to paris for my birthday with my mom and i had some meat for the first time like i was eating like a little bit of meat actually almost probably almost every day um for you know those five days consistently and then I got my period for the first time in like oh gosh knows, knows how long like at least six months um I don't usually get it because I have an IUD but at the same time I'm wondering about my hormones a little bit because when I got my IUD I also wasn't really eating meat so it's interesting because I just kind of associated it to being associated with my um Sorry, I just put on my glove there with my um, IUD. But I realized actually it could be a combination of things. And I was having a lot of symptoms and I described them to my mom. And my mom told me, it sounds like you're anemic, Um, which it is possible that I am. Um, And I haven't, I on average don't really eat meat. I do eat a lot of nuts. I eat beans. I eat like a series of things, I guess, that are supposed to be um, what... Vegan people should eat or pescatarian people. Um, I'm not trying to overload with fish, um, but I do really love fish, so I'm just trying to find my own balance there. And I think I am going to slowly start reintegrating meat a little bit into my diet. And um, I was having a bit of trouble with it morally because I I feel so connected with animals, and I was having a morally a bit of a moral compass issue. But I'm trying to navigate, I guess, how I would do that. I don't know if you've heard about this this is maybe another side topic but um i know right now they're researching lab-grown meat and if you are not meat eater i would be interested to know if you would be interested in eating lab-grown meat it's quite a debate i maybe for you when you listen to this alone it sounds like there's a pretty black and white answer but every time that this topic has come up within my friend group or within other people, I find that people are really divided. And actually, I feel a bit, I don't know, I was a bit confused about it because I wasn't eating meat, but I realized it's mostly for the moral issue. So if they can grow it in a lab and it's, I'm going to get all the health benefits from it, but it's not attached to another conscious being, then maybe I would be more open-minded to that and i would maybe be able to accept more that it's fueling my body without feeling the moral issue um of the animals and this is not to shame obviously anyone that eats meat if you eat meat that is your choice um and i think there's a lot of shaming i find in like vegan the vegan era area or vegetarian era of people who choose to eat meat like there's a lot of like Oh, so gross that they eat meat like there's I don't know but I think that we need to allow people to have space and even if you are vegan and you want to encourage other people to go vegan you have to acknowledge that they have their own um, dietary issues and or not issues but they're they're body is just different than yours and because it works for you doesn't mean it will work for someone else and this applies to absolutely everyone and everything that you do because biodiversity is a huge 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 component in who we are and the way that foods digest in us i also find my overall mood that i'm in really affects the way my food digests if i am really unhappy and stressed i hold on to my food and it doesn't digest properly it doesn't you know flow through and flow out i end up experiencing a lot of like retention of not just liquid but i find it i don't know it, it doesn't go through my um intestines the same way that i guess it normally would i find just bloated and stuck almost so that's i guess a little bit about my daily food and exercise routine in the evening of as many um Fruits and veggies as I can. Um, And I also try to make sure I'm eating some, every time I eat something, there's some kind of protein in it, whether it's from beans, whether it's from tofu, whatever it is. Um, I make sure that there's something that's gonna help me stay full and satisfied. So I prioritize vegetables, some kind of protein, and a good quality healthy fat like avocado or extra virgin olive oil. Those are super important to me and I incorporate them every day. I know in another episode I, I mentioned this, but healthy fats are so important for your brain development and overall brain health. So I can't recommend that enough. Um, The rest of my daily routine kind of consists of me going to work. And then on my personal time, sometimes I go on a walk like I did today at the beginning of this episode. And in the evening. My workout routine really just consists of exactly what I described earlier. Um, a variety of things. Sometimes I'm doing stuff and sometimes I'm not. And then I literally turn off my lights and get ready for bed at eight o'clock <laughs> so that I can be in my bed at 8 30 and that I can be reading a few pages of my book on meditation or whatever book I feel like reading. Um but I usually read honestly just maybe even two or three pages if I'm lucky I'll read 10 but actually usually not I just read briefly and then I go to bed also at about eight o'clock I would say I turn my phone on to like a red light mode um so that it removes all blue light from my eyes and I won't go on my computer at that point um because I notice like the stark difference and I find that the red light really helps me wind down and get to sleep um so that's usually I guess kind of what my evening looks like. Oh, and before I go to bed, sometimes if I've had like a really stressful day where I feel wound up and I need to calm down a bit, what I do is actually I just sit in the shower and I turn on these electric candles that I have. And, um, I kind of let the hot water run over and cleanse me. Actually, I realize I maybe have already mentioned this. Um, and if I go to the gym, I do kind of the same thing in the sauna. I take a few deep breaths. Um, And then usually I fall asleep at around 9 p.m. Although last night I was up until 12.30, so it definitely does happen. And then I wake up every morning at 6.15 to uh, get ready for work. And the first thing I do when I wake up actually is I do a meditation for anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes. And usually I do a guided meditation, but sometimes I actually do it in my head or say it out loud and um do it with some breathing exercises and i try to close my eyes and imagine all the beautiful things that are ahead of me in this life so that's what i find excites me and really gets me springing out of the bed in the morning so this person has also asked me um let's see what they said she said um that she's totally gonna use these tips way to go love you're actually so inspiring how is this routine different from before do you feel different slash better um and i basically explained that i think what's really changed is my relationship with food which i know i was already talking about and that it's not something that i think about all the time but this is actually something that i failed to mention earlier when i was talking was that whenever i feel a tendency to keep eating after the past past the point that i'm full, which does happen i get to a point where i get to two points i get to a point where i'm full and i also usually before i get to the point where i'm full i get to this point where um the food actually stops tasting good that sounds kind of weird but even if it's really great food it stops tasting great it just starts tasting just fine but because in my head i've already decided that it's yummy i just end up i keep eating and if i'm still hungry obviously i'll keep eating but usually this when i get to this point especially if it's a dessert or something and it stops i stop experiencing this like Wow, this is amazing experience with the dessert. Then I know actually that i've my body is signaling to me that i 've had enough that this is good, and thank you so much, and you 're good now. Um, and so when I reach this point to avoid eating past this, which I know I definitely have um, in the past want and it releases the need to overeat which i know is tied to some sort of subconscious restrictions that i'm sure i still have because i know i can eat more whenever i feel like it and that this isn't just isn't the last time that i can ever eat this which i sometimes act like it is when i'm in a restrictive mindset which does leave me feeling unsatisfied even when i've eaten enough to feel full and when the food was good Another major change that I've noticed within my daily routine is that I've stopped looking in the mirror, actually. Um, I didn't really have this as an issue at all for a long time until I went through this phase where I was really fit and I was always looking at myself in the mirror because actually at first it was mostly that I was so proud of my progress and I actually couldn't believe that I looked that good that I was so excited every morning when I woke up or every day and I was looking in the mirror and you know even when I was super even from when I got bloated I was not self-conscious about being bloated at all because I was like wow I still look amazing even though I'm bloated and that was a big I guess moment for me so I did spend a lot of time looking in the mirror when I was going through this phase of being really proud of myself but eventually this led to a lot of toxicity where when things weren't as good as they were suddenly it wasn't just not as good as it was it was bad you know what I mean and I kept the more that I stared in the mirror the more areas you can find ways to pick at yourself so actually what I did in my new apartment was my new apartment didn't have like a full-length mirror just had this tiny little square shitty one and eventually I will buy a nice one but A nice mirror, like one that I would actually want in my apartment, um, is pretty expensive. Like, actually, I really want this anthropology mirror, but, um, I'm not at a point where I really want to spend a thousand dollars on a mirror. So, um, for now, I've just kept this small shitty mirror and what I do is I put it up against my, like, um, shelf by my window and I lean it there and then I can see myself in the morning if I want to check out my outfit before I leave but actually for the most part of the day I put it away. My apartment is quite small and so it just helps me actually to avoid ending up in this position where I'm always staring at myself in the mirror because it's so central within my apartment and I think it's just overall better for my health so if you do have a problem with that I would totally Um, recommend doing that but I don't think that that's something that everyone needs to do and I recognize that not everyone is you know dealing with a toxic issue in the mirror and although actually I would say I love myself so much more and that I can look at myself with love um, just to avoid getting back in that habit I'm sure I'll I plan on reintroducing it slowly Um, and I have been reintroducing it and everything's been good and actually I've even spent a few moments sitting in front of the mirror like slouching and allowing your stomach to like create rolls and and whatever else comes up and looking at my stretch marks and just reminding myself that actually my body is still beautiful and it's really because I'm so capable and everything that i can do is because it's there and it supports me and it moves me when you hug a loved one you use so many muscles in your body you need your arms you need your chest you need every single piece of you you need to be able to stand on your legs you use your body every single day to love other people and so it's time that we use our bodies every single day with our minds to love ourselves and that i will cut it off there for my little um I guess that was actually probably my longest episode because I did it in two parts, but my episode on my experience with my development of exercise and food and what health means to me. And I hope this, this has inspired you a little bit and what health means to you. So um, send me a message if you ever want to chat more about this. I'm so happy to. And I'm sending you all the love today. I hope you have a wonderful day and a beautiful morning, evening, whatever time it is for you. Thanks for listening. With love, Audrey.